0: Coming up on today's episode, we look back at the long weekend for the Jets, including the collapse in Calgary, the victory out in Vancouver, and Money Monahan makes his mark.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: Recording live from somewhere. What's good, and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki, or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, hope you guys had a great long weekend. Hopefully it felt longer than it did for me. And we're back at it here to kick off the week for the Jets and a busy long weekend it was. We'll get into the two matchups for the club out on the West Coast. In Vancouver with that beauty game Saturday night. And unfortunately, we got to talk about what happened out there in Cowtown on Monday afternoon. Maybe it was just one of those, like, I know it was the afternoon, but like a full moon afternoon. Because what the hell happened in Minnesota too Monday? We might have to talk about that one as well. Maybe it was just one of those weird afternoon days in the NHL. Uh, But we'll kind of uh, maintain our focus on that game in Calgary. The 6-3 loss against the flames and apparently we've got some trade talk that we got to get into which you know what makes sense because we're under three weeks away from the deadline taking place so a busy episode let's get right to it joined to me once again is cjob's tyson Rowicki how was the long weekend Tyson?
1: long weekend was good it's it's never quite long enough but uh we got to, we had some extracurriculars mixed in there so it was a, a good weekend all around
0: nice absolutely easy- ab-
1: just to divert to a different sport quickly, absolutely devastating. Kicked every fight right on the UFC card except the last one. A cool, cool. Two grand down the toilet.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I love, I love when that happens. <laughs> I, I, yeah, for me it's like the the NFL Sunday parlays where it's like, you know what? I, I actually wanted to go five of six. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> want to win. I wanted to push it until the the Sunday nighter and lose that one. So I, I feel your pain there, Tice, but way she goes sometimes thankfully i mean thankfully you didn't throw a jets flames parlay onto that with a winnipeg victory because <laughs> um yeah i don't think anybody saw a 6-3 loss in the cards after sean monahan haunts his forward team with a natural hattie in the first what was it 12 minutes and then against a team too in the flames that has gone back to back horrific losses to the sharks and to the Blackhawks. You put three past them quickly in the first period. There, you're basically thinking it's easy street. And you know what? Maybe, maybe that was the uh the death blow for the Jets because they looked like a team that was on cruise control the rest of the game. And Calgary pots five unanswered, taking down the Jets and kind of halting any momentum that might have been building after that big win in Vancouver on Saturday night. Uh, okay, well. I mean, there was a lot of positives. There was somehow more negatives in and, and, and this one, Tice. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin because it was the game everybody was waiting for with Monaghan and the power play clicking early on there. And then it was just a complete, it was just a complete debacle the rest of the way defensively. One of those weird ones where your starting goalie gives up five and you're like, it could have been worse. Or at the very least, you're not blaming him for any of the ones that went past him there. What went wrong? What went wrong for a team that played so well in Vancouver to then just completely drop their drawers in a, in a final 40 minutes that we're not going to be looking back fondly on anytime soon?
1: Well, you mentioned it right there. It's just that they went on cruise control. It was The game was way too easy for Calgary for the last, I'd even say 45, 50 minutes, yeah, 45 yeah. minutes. Like that was, you look at all the defensive breakdowns in that game and a lot of it, it's it boils down down to a lack of urgency in that game. And the Flames were just a lot more urgent in every area. And that, that looked like a team that kind of needed a big bounce back win after going down early. And hey, they they came back super hard. And I like that Backlund-Coleman line, Mangiapane, mangiapani's becoming a jet killer. Like <laughs> you almost... Like, that line really gave the Jets trouble in this one. And it was just a collective. I mean, the D group, we're going to – I we have to mention the Neil Pionk, Brendan, Dillon, D pair in that one because, oh, my goodness. We, uh, good there game, was great. a – and, like, you can you can look at it and say, like, I can see what Pionk's thinking, especially on the Sharon Govich goal – or not the Sharon Govich goal, sorry, the Hubert o goal, where Sharon Govich comes in and makes the move. I, I think he was thinking that Sharon Govich was going to chip it by him along the boards and he was going to try and seal him off as he chipped it by him, but he sold it well, and he went flying into the boards. It was giving up that that play and then leaving Monaghan. I mean, he didn't play it great, but kind of left him on an island there in that spot there too. It was just a collection of errors just throughout the game, throughout the game, and it just wasn't enough urgency. You saw it a lot. One of the hallmarks of this Jets team too this year defensively has been that forwards have been able to back pressure hard enough. That kind of allows just that, the D that ability to kind of close their gaps quicker, knowing that there's forwards pressuring back and having that the, the players have urgency to get the puck in. And they just didn't have that. A lot of it, like there was, I mean, you can harp on the Shifley line too. Like there was a lot of, a lot of goals there too, where they just didn't get back quick enough. It just, it's just not what you want to see out, out of a team that is expecting to be in that cup hunt come, come spring, come summer. It's just, mm-hmm. This isn't the team that we were seeing earlier on in the season, and there's some concerns creeping in. But I think that there's still enough time to turn this around. Especially, you got to get right back into action against Minnesota tomorrow, and there's going to be some emotions in that game. There's like, who knows what it's going to be? It's gonna be gonna, awesome. <laughs> Minnesota's th- battling for a wild card spot now, so maybe it gets tamed down a little bit. But you, it's going to be a war on on Tuesday, so you got to pull up your big boy pants and be ready.
0: It was so interesting that the Jets played so badly defensively. And I, look, there's two different kind of facets and, and and ways we have to look at this one. Neil Pyong just had a nightmare of a game. You know, I, I watch a lot of soccer. He had a howler, right? Like, it, it was just some of the mistakes were, were, were shocking from him. And, I mean, people that listen to the podcast know that I've been on the let's get a winger, get a winger, get somebody else into the deadline. It's games like that where you're like, Chris Tanev. I, I could get the Chris Tanev coming to Winnipeg trade talk. You know what I mean? Um, maybe even the Matt Walker coming to Winnipeg trade talk. Like Sean Walker. Walker. You don't want Matt Walker. <laughs> 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 yeah. Matt Walker for a second round pick might be a bit of a tough sell.
1: I, I, I just wanted to mention, too, that Philly, Philly Scouts have been at the last couple Moose games. And Chevy even spent an extra day to watch a -a catch-a-Flyers game. I can't remember exactly which Flyers game, but he did spend an extra day over to to catch a Flyers game. So there is some some interesting smoke there right now.
0: Yeah, well, let me just smack you on the back of the head quickly, Tyson. (laughs) Because I don't think I've done this with you yet. But anybody that does the scouts-at-a-game thing... You do need a, just a, a quick little smack right on the back. It, but it's the GM. There's scouts in every game. There's scouts in mm-hmm. every game, Tyson. There's, the there's people saying that no, no, no. They go to every single game. You don't know who the scouts are. Hey, I don't know. It's interesting. Regardless. <laughs> oh, and what's that Walker to Philly confirmed? No. Um, <laughs> but it's it's games like that where I, I I don't really have much of an argument against people that are like we need to improve that second pair. Um, you know, for the most part this year, Neil Pionk's been solid, but yeah, that that was just shades of of Pionk like two years ago. You know what I mean? He just he's he was just all over the place. So we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, he just had a really bad game. I, I I don't know if I want to do like the whole macro thing because again, they've been pretty good, Pionk and Dylan this year. So we'll see if that continues and if maybe that changes Chevy's plans at all. If you know, it's three, four, five games in a row of that. But there's just no, yeah, there's no doubting that He was, uh, that, that, that that was an F minus. If you're looking at great for Neil Pionk in that one. Now, to alleviate him a little bit would be the forward group that you touched on there, Tyson. They were also pretty bad defensively. And it's interesting that they're bad defensively on the heels of Rick Bonus's very pointed comments specifically towards his quote unquote second line and specifically towards the lack of ice time given to Nikolai Ehlers and Cole Perfetti. And I'm sure everybody listening has heard those comments and I'm sure the majority of people are leading a certain way there, but interesting Tyson that he mentions needing to earn your ice time and it can't be given to you. And if there's mistakes made that reduction in time on ice is going to happen because of that, And then we see Kyle Connor floating in the middle of nowhere, not even attempting to be focused in his defensive duties as the Flames pile on chance after chance and goal after goal. Mark Shifley just kind of casually throwing a backhand into the middle of the ice for for no real reason at all. And those same standards don't apply to those players. Just just interesting how that kind of continually seems to happen. Um, We can get into Bones' comments as a whole later. But it, it, it was there was just no real desire from the Jets in this one. Like I, I don't know, like I don't. I'm not a big believer in the you empty the tank and it was a big win a few days before, so there's a bit of a letdown. I I, I don't know if I totally buy that. But their heads just weren't in it. Like I, it, it was it was bizarre to watch. Um, it, it it was very similar to games that we saw in the second half of last year. Um, it wasn't an issue in Vancouver, so I don't think it's you know oh my gosh the 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 sky is falling here in Winnipeg. But the same way Pionk had a bad game, the forwards defensively were just unacceptable. And that was a big reason why Calgary put five past them. And then, you know, not even to to let Perfidi and Ehlers off the hook as well, uh, the backbreaking goal, the fifth one for Calgary. I mean, Nazim Kadri isn't a burner by any means, but he leaves Perfetti in his dust, right? Like two, three strides and he's, see you later. Don't have to worry about that kid anymore. And then a couple passes, Ehlers doesn't play it well defensively, although he was playing as the the second blue liner there. But Ehlers doesn't play it very well. A couple of shots, boom, 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 game over, 5-3. It it was just bad all around. So, again, I I don't know if I want to go down the route of here comes the second half collapse for the Jets again because they just did have that massive win in bank. It's funny, if we did the podcast Monday morning, it would be a much more positive note but because it's Monday night. You have to dive into it a little bit differently. So I don't want to go too far that way, too far that way. Just don't play like that against Minnesota. Then, yeah, then we got some some major issues to talk about. I, I think the Jets are going to be a much more composed and structured team. They were none of those things against Calgary.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned like that this game showed – the lack of a top four D man on the right side, and even a top six winger for this team to really kind of reach that upper echelon of Stanley Cup contenders. This is a great example of it, and it's good that it happens now. You still have lots of time before the deadline to make those decisions, but it's going to be really interesting to see like what exactly the Jets decide to do. And there's a lot of options. Some names are becoming available as we speak. You know, like as the days go on, I think more and more names are. That are kind of more attractive are going to start to get on the market, but man, it's just tough. And like, you mentioned the Shifley backhand up the middle, but it was it wasn't even just that. It was the back check on the Shillington goal where he kind of really floated back. I mean, that was played very poorly by the deep deep pairing deep there of Pionk and Dillon. But but there seems to be a theme here, Tyson. That exactly
0: it was played poorly by everybody on the ice.
1: And and then even the Coleman goal, like he just the, it was a lazy stick right? check.
0: Yeah, it was just a lazy yeah. stick check there. Yeah, like and, that, that one, yeah. That one was just it's like he did everything right, and then you just don't you just don't commit. finish on him. Yeah, that right? yeah, that was that one was just that one was bizarre. It's a little bit different where it's like, okay, at least you're in the right place, but just like finish it. Yeah. But I mean, that was almost to me like a microcosm of how the game would unfold from there, where it's just totally. like your your head's just not in it, right? Like you're you're almost there, but you're just not quite there. And Calgary, you know. Was sharp after that 3 1 deficit. And full credit to them. They 1000% made the Jets look silly for their errors the rest of the game. Um, But it's interesting, like just that trade angle, Tice. You know, if you were in get a second pair defenseman camp, you had tons of ammo in this one to make your case. If you're in the we need another winger inside the middle six, you were 1000% able to make your case in this one as well. So now it's kind of like, do you need both? Which one do you prioritize? Uh, yeah, I wonder. I wonder which way Chevy is leaning there, um, because yeah, you, you wonder. You wonder if, if either of those additions would have made a difference in that game specifically. But it's it's certainly exposed some of the flaws in the Jets right now. Where you know, come playoff time, is their second pair going to be good enough? Come playoff time, can Cole Perfetti? make a difference for you positively on that second line I don't know that's that's kind of the scary part I, I I don't know which one which way other one's gonna go um you know just because we talked about Pionk earlier we won't beat a dead horse too often there but I I did think that for me and I don't know if this stood out to you but Cole perfetti kind of looked like a, a guy that had nothing in the tank in this game And the cadre goal, like really was eye opening where it's like, he's just not even like the pace is picked up now that we're in the second half. And he's just not even, he's not even in the play, right? Like speed wise, he's not even there, but kind of just watching him throw the game, you know, and he's he's never going to be a burner or anything like that, but just didn't look like there was any jump to his game. Just kind of, you know, like you, you wonder for a guy, a young guy, early twenties with the injury issues he's had, he's never played this many games before. Not, not that you need to healthy scratch him or anything like that, but you just wonder if maybe like a little bit of time off would, would do him some good. Um, but I, I just did not see a whole lot of impact from from Perfetti in this game, which kind of, you know, leads into my, what I've been saying for a while is to bring a winger, uh, w- wherever it might be, into that middle six there. And it at least avoids you having to over-rely on Perfetti, you know, if he's having an off game like he did against Calgary. And, and you know what, if he can come in, lower in the lineup and give you a jolt in the, in the top six, then that's a great spot for him to be in. But I I, I did not, did not like his game. Um, And he, you know, to be fair, Bones kind of called him out and he didn't respond with a no doubt about it. Give me 18 minutes a night performance.
1: Yeah. And that's the big part is that Bones specifically called him out after the Vancouver game, you know, saying you're not going to get those minutes if you're not earning them. And, He did, like you said, he did nothing to earn those minutes. Like all, everything you mentioned was spot on. And I just wanted to add that even on the forecheck, sometimes he's kind of just pulling out, he's, he's getting to the puck battle. And then once you're kind of supposed to be there to take contact, he's kind of dipping out of the, out of the play right there. And I think that's the sort of thing that bones is is really going to take bones off and it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a long season for him. And I wonder what the course of action is. Do you maybe switch him and Namesnikov up for a little bit? Letting Namesnikov get back on there with Ehlers. They have that chemistry. I I don't know what the course of action is. And I, I, I'm very, very intrigued to see what they do because there's, they can go many different ways and who they add as a winner there, right? Like They could go for a playmaker make, guy who helps out the power play, who can maybe pot home a couple goals and just be that extra offense. Or maybe you bring in a guy that's, just that solid, gritty, two-way guy who's got, maybe has cup pedigree, ideally, in an ideal world. I, I have no idea where it's going to go. And, I mean, I think we'll, we'll bring up trades in a in a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's it, it, it's time for Colt Perfetti to maybe, I agree with you, to get a little bit of reduction a nice time. And I think Vlad, while he hasn't been great on the fourth line, like he hasn't been lighting the world up down there, I still think that that chemistry that he has with Ehlers, Maybe they add Monahan there, and it's just another clicking line. So that's that's kind of the route that I'm thinking, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, well, Blake Coleman looked pretty good in Calgary. You know, I'm just saying. Cup yeah. you know, pedigree, 20-plus goals, I don't know. Uh, um, well, yeah, we'll talk about the deadline uh, when we wrap up the episode a little bit later on, but uh, there, there, there's got to be some decisions made. And I, I think, again, you know, this even is, is true back to when the big move was made a few weeks ago. You know, Sean Monahan can be your only trade deadline acquisition if you want to make a run here. And we'll see if Chevy's going to lean up front on the back end or maybe a little bit of both as the, the club continues their push to keep pace with the Dallas and Colorados in that central division race for top spot. Now, on the positive side, A-plus Chevy, Monahan trade, nailed it. Best trade of all time. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, that 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 was pretty awesome. That, the game was fun for about fifteen minutes, um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it sucks. It's at a loss, but it's awesome seeing Sean Monahan get on the score sheet in a big way. I mean, you kind of thought it might be coming after he got off the Schneid in Vancouver. Did not expect it to be a waterfall uh, in, 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 the, in the next game up coming there, but he, even if the five on five game isn't outstanding that power play can get clicking. Oh, that's such a big boost for the Jets, right? Like just think how bad it's been for so long. And now it's back-to-back games where it did the majority of the scoring for them. And I mean, they they missed on a couple great chances as well. It wasn't like they just got lucky in the first. Like they were only an inch or two away from another goal there in the second period. Um, the power play looked great, but yeah, if you're talking about positive developments and optimism, it's the fact that, you know, Sean Monaghan is hitting the score sheet and he's hitting it hard right now.
1: Yeah, and he's he's just able to find those scoring areas. That's something he's really good at. And even as he had those injuries kind of hamper him a little bit throughout his career, he still has that knack for the nose or knack for the net there, or it's just he's nope. gonna find yeah.
0: <laughs> he's, gonna, he's, he's gonna knack the, for the
1: nose and the net. <laughs> but he's just gonna he's gonna find those areas and that especially that backhand, it was like a backhand SWAT sort of deal. That's that's a very high skill level play. It doesn't really look like it is, but to be able to do that and to elevate it in that kind of short area, it's very very skilled play there by Monahan. The other two were kind or of, a little bit more so being in the right time or right spot at the right time. poke goal especially. It was just a little tap in there after after Connor kind of squeaked through. But if you just watch the power or just watch the highlight reel and saw the goals you wouldn't necessarily think that the power play was clicking. But it was how those goals were getting set up where the Jets were just able to kind of make do their have their way with Calgary's penalty kill. They were whipping it around. It wasn't all just perimeter. I do like that Velarde's kind of starting to get more of a he's getting more of the the bulk of the opportunity down low there to make some plays behind the net and right along the goal line. I think that he's going to be well suited in that role. So. It's the power play is starting to get there for the Jets. It's not quite there yet. There's still some bad tendencies that kind of creep in a little bit, but I like the direction it's going in, especially when you're seeing that
0: production and you can't really complain with the results. Oh, it's just so nice. (laughs) It's so nice getting a power play goal. It's so nice, you know, the Flames take a penalty and you're not dreading the next two minutes of your life. Like, it was finally, like, competency is there. Uh, But there, I I have, like, Monaghan... It's not like he's all over the ace on the power play, but there's so much more move. Like he's kind of just slipping and sliding and finding the soft areas inside the penalty kill. And, you know, just doing little things like that and having just that touch more movement between him and Velarde even It's, it's just, it's not like it's a whole lot different that they have to do there, but it's not completely static and he's finding some spots and he's, yeah, I hope they're all ugly like that. Right. Like, I think Monaghan's going to make his money within about a a five-foot square radius inside that net, kind of like he who must not be named (laughs) for the Jets last year, where it's like, if you're doing your damage right in front of the crease, that's exactly where the Jets needed to be. And he was doing that in a big way against Calgary and against Vancouver as well, picking up a a power play goal on that one as well. So,
1: oh, And one other thing with Monaghan is that I find he does a a really good job at kind of avoiding shots as they're coming on towards the net. Like he's he's in there in that high slot in the bumper area, still screening the goalie up high, but he does a really good job at letting those shots get through traffic. And I think that's going to be a huge advantage, especially if the power play is not clicking with puck movement. You just have that kind of fallback option, give it to Morrissey and rip rip one
0: on net and hope for the best. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so, I mean, yeah, one one of the few positives to come out of that loss to the Calgary Flames Um, but boy, oh boy, to get Monaghan going and we'll see if it boosts the second line, whatever iteration of it is going to be in the next game. Uh, but to get a five on five boost there that the power play started to roll. Yeah, please sign me up for that. Um, I mean, it wouldn't be a Jets game though, where, uh, you have both sides of the specialty teams units clicking. Now it's like, okay, the power play might be on the path to getting fixed. The penalty kill all of a sudden becomes a bit of a disaster for you next now. So it's like, cool. We're never gonna have both ends rolling at the same time. The one thing I will say with the penalty kill, there are major structural problems on the PK when you have two guys all alone in front of Connor Hellebuck, right in front of the net, with an easy deflection goal there. Like, it just get that that, that can't happen. That that's that's amateur stuff there. That's um, been the
1: problem though for years. Now, like boxing out
0: in front of the net, right? Yeah,
1: it's yeah. just that that's always been something that they've struggled at, and that it, I don't know. It's I guess it's just the the way they play. Because it's, it's been that
0: way for three or four years now. Yeah, I just think, look, you you have the likely Vesna winner in front of you. It seems to me like they're kind of, like the spacing just is off. Like there's too much room. Like they, they're almost so worried about those shots to the outside that there's space right in front of the net. Like tie up the, don't allow the easy tip shot and just trust that Connor Hellebuck's going to make the save on anything on the perimeter there. And I think I like your chances on the penalty kill. But I mean, to see two guys all alone in front like that—I mean, come on—you you gotta you gotta make life a little bit difficult on those in front of your uh, your star net netminder there. Um, but we move on. Like Tyson said, a big one coming up. Feels like—is this the first the first one since the Hartman incident? Yeah, I believe so. Oh baby, this is gonna be spicy. Well, we'll save the preview for the for the rest of for the end of this episode, along with the trade talk. Let's sh- uh, shift gears quickly, Tyson, to, to Saturday night. Um, A little more positivity there. The big showdown against the Canucks, the number one team standing-wise of the Western Conference. And the Jets did perform and and provide a bit of a message saying, yeah, you know what? It wasn't just wins against awful teams like the Sharks and the Penguins. Um, We're trying to go on a bit of a heater here. Didn't end up happening, but big 4-2 victory over the Canucks. Um, You know, Vancouver might have territorially had a bit of the advantage in that one. But it was kind of interesting that the Canucks taste looked so uncomposed. Like they were just running all over the place. Like was, I was kind of just taking it back. Like, why are you guys losing your minds, losing your cools here? It's like you're playing the Jets for the first time this year. You'd swear it was like Canucks Oilers in the the old Smythe division or something. Um, but the Jets kept their cool in the game at least. And I think kind of punctuated by Shifley taking the big hit there in the third period. Connor picking it up a nice feed over to Velarde for uh, the eventual game winner, I believe. Um, But yeah, I mean, the the top line led the way in that one, but I think overall the team played their asses off in that game against the Canucks. And at least say, if you're going to, if you're going to play Vancouver, Calgary back to back, Get the win against Vancouver, the loss against Calgary. if You have to go one way there, but they were that, that I, they were good in the game. But that was a fun ass game to watch as well.
1: Oh, it was awesome. That, and then like those are the games where it's just you when you get the result that you want to, it's just so much sweeter. And it was a little bit worrying early on when, uh, you know, our old pal Tyler Myers looks <laughs> like got things going, but you know he's the, he's the gift that keeps on giving. And on that two-on-one... Myers, Myers
0: giveth and Myers taketh.
1: <laughs> so, you know what? Can't, can't hate on Tyler, Tyler Myers too much. But, yeah, that game was just awesome. It was a perfect... That's a perfect way to cap off
0: a Saturday night. That was exactly what it was. It was yeah, just... Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, it, was, it was finished. It was done. That, yeah. I mean, the the old, like, Jets after dark. We could do that a couple times a year. And if it's on a Saturday night, that's Okay. But let's not make that a regular thing. Um, yeah, it just—it really does suck. Like if the, if they would have, if they could have even just like hung on and beat the Flames, then it's like okay, we got some serious momentum going. And that game, it's just a total kick in the pants. Like yeah, see I even mean, we can't even do the Canucks win without getting all pissed off about how they played against the Flames. Um, regardless though, all in all, a decent weekend for the club. Two out of four points on the road, not the worst outcome in the world. For the Jets there, and we'll have to yeah turn our attention with uh, 29 games left in the season. As my computer freezes, a little rom through the Central Division here, five straight inside the Central for the Jets, culminating with a uh, pretty monumental matchup against the Dallas Stars at about 12 days time. Um, do you want to do? Do you want to do the like Jets Wild first or trade talk? Let's do Jets Wild. Is it going to get nuts? I don't know. (laughs) It's (laughs) in Winnipeg. I feel like if it was in Minnesota, it would get crazy. I don't know why. But, I mean, if I had to make a prediction on how it's going to go, Tice, it's going to be that that Adam Lowry, Big 17, steps over to Mr. Hartman, and this isn't, um, you know, I'm going to fight Jake Middleton type of a deal, or I'm going to fight Marcus Foligno. It's... Harvin's has got to pay. Like I, I feel like that's ultimately going to be what what happens here. Side note, quickly: Lowry has been on a physical rampage these past <laughs> two games. Like, it looks like Rambo out there. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wonder. It, it, sometimes these games, like, it, there's so much hype leading up to it, and then it's kind of a letdown. Like, I, I I wonder which way this ultimately plays out here. But I mean, Minnesota's flying high at the very least. Like, I mean, you put up you go double digits against Vancouver. Um, and, and they've been scoring a ton of goals lately as they make a late playoff push here. It's it's going to be a beauty. I, I don't know if we'll see the fireworks necessarily, but maybe you're seeing it in a, in a different light than I am. Well,
1: you, you said Lowry fights Hartman. I'm going to go in a little different area. The guy who maybe in the eyes of the coach has been playing too great over the last little bit, but he's known no. to throw down every now and then. And they've got some history. He wants his get back. And I think Ealer's fights Hartman oh. and gets the boys fired up. That makes the boys more, yeah. fired up.
0: I thought I was like, don't, Cole. If you're, if you know you're not listening, Cole. Please, please do not drop the glove. <laughs> no, but I think that would be, that would just be like a jolt.
1: Like, it's one thing when Larry fights and obviously gets the boys fired up. But when a guy like Nick Ehlers fights or a guy of his ilk, it's like, it's just a different, like, all right, boys, let's, let's buckle up here and. Put on a physical masterpiece here, yeah. I, that, I that's, yeah, that's when
0: like the crowd and the bench that that's when the game goes to a different level. I, exactly. yeah, that's a good call. I wonder if I can find a prop bet on that. Healers <laughs> to drop the gloves that's got to be like plus four thousand. Interesting, over PIMS, over over PIMS. Yes, yes, we'll make back the money you lost on UFC. Perfect. <laughs> Um, but it's gonna be a beauty. Uh Jets wild, the wild. I mean, 13 points back of the Jets. The Jets have games in hand. But as we look at the standings here, Minnesota just two points back of that final wild card spot. Might might end up actually. Could you imagine if the Jets take first in the division, Minnesota sneaks in and there's your round one matchup? That would be juicy. I uh, got a long way to go before that happens, but um, there's still a slight potential playoff preview. Jets wild. We'll just focus on the, the micro in the meantime and see how the jets fare to bounce back against the, that loss to the Calgary flames. That'll be the only game we break down though, because the jets visit Chicago on Friday night. So yeah, let's hope there's some fireworks. So we have some fun uh, when we record and get the next episode out Friday morning. Uh, well, let's wrap it up quickly though. Tice. As we near the end here, trade talk. Now you, what did you say to me before we got on? You, you've got a deal cooking, or what? What's the? I feel like you wanted to go in a different direction here.
1: Well, I mean, everyone wants to bring up Chris Tanev, Noah Hannifin. Talking uh, defenseman, okay. Yeah, Noah Hannifin's been another name on Calgary. But just before the weekend, all Kevin Weeks put out an interesting tweet mentioning another Calgary D-man. And that teams are calling on Rasmus Anderson. And we i mean we just watched him in this game too. Rasmus Anderson is a legit top pairing defenseman. He's really good. And if a guy like that's available right now, if I'm Chevy, I'm doing what I'm doing whatever it takes to get him. Honestly. Because if you look at the and you look at the, the contract implications too, he's only making four and a half million right now. And he's got another year left. On this deal. So you're getting him for two more years, two playoff runs at four and a half million. And then you figure out what to do with his contract after that. But that gives you two D pairs where you can slot Morrissey and DeMello as the top D pair. You roll with Anderson and whoever as, as his left D pair side and have those two guys play or those two pairs play 20 to 25 minutes a night in the
0: playoffs. And Pionk, well, I mean, Pionk Sandberg would be your third pair. Yeah. And that That's just helps. probably the best third pair in the NHL. Not probably. It would be by far the best third pair in the NHL.
1: Yeah, it's it like, and it, it, this would hurt. I mean, to take to get a guy like Rasmus Anderson, you will have to pay up. And if this Jets team, if Rick Bonus doesn't really trust him, and they don't know what he's going to look like in the future, I don't mind a Cole Perfetti,
0: for Rasmus oh. Anderson swap. Hello. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> and I'm, a big, going Fetti down I'm <laughs> a big Culper
1: Fetty fan, but I don't know, Brandon. If I could get Rasmus Anderson for Culper Fetty and some other, maybe a, maybe a small ad, I really think long and hard about doing that.
0: Yeah, oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I mean, you would have the only problem with that though is you'd have to go immediately shopping for a winger or two on top of it, right? Like if you, but I propose hypothetical. I still think that you you'd
1: have that Montreal
0: second as ammo to get a
1: legitimate winger in that situation. Oh yeah, no,
0: I'm just saying you would have to like, yeah, yes,
1: that that would be. It. I mean, it would be it's the whole <laughs> part of going all in is that yeah. Like, yeah
0: just, I guess if you're going all in, like right in for a penny, <laughs> go for the whole pound. I mean, Anderson, and, and you're actually, you're selling Anderson short, Ties You get two more seasons out of him after this year. Right. So, uh, yeah, and that 4.5 4. 4. 5 is, he's worth double that, arguably. Um, that's, ooh, <laughs> that would be intriguing. I agree with you where it's like, and you, you always wonder, too, like how legitimate or serious discussions like that are. But you have to call, like, and in, the, to. and in this situation,
1: it's not like he's thirty and you're getting them for his thirty. Like he's twenty six, I believe, twenty seven. Yeah, yeah. Like it's you're getting, you've got him for his prime here. I I think that that's a kind of demon that you really empty the cupboards for, and if and that means giving up Cole Perfetti, I think you really, really think about it.
0: I mean, if if you're going to give up Perfetti. It would have to be for somebody of that ilk to, to, to make it a discussion, right? So, oh, I like that one, Tice. That's that's spicy. That's a spicy meatball. And I, I kind of, and like just thinking about the trade talk too, uh, you know, looking ahead, you do almost wonder if there's a way for the Jets to, you know, double dip and maybe you get a defensive and a forward from the same team to try to try to at least somewhat limit the, the amount that you're spending here, you know, getting, (laughs) yeah, it'd be tough to get Anderson and somebody else out of Calgary without giving up some, some big time assets. Hmm. Like if you, what if you had,
1: what if you had a Blake Coleman and then maybe you give up Billy Hanela
0: and another piece? Okay, now we're talking. Now, now we're getting somewhere <laughs> here. That, that, that's a that's a sit up off the edge of your chair. It, it, would would Anderson, you, Coleman? Oh my gosh. Would you do Perfetti Hanila Montreal second
1: for Anderson and Blake Coleman? Yeah, right now.
0: Yeah, probably in a heartbeat.
1: I think so too, and I think that's a really good offer for Calgary oh, though yeah. too.
0: That would, <laughs> that would man. Yeah, <laughs> that would be. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if that would be enough to get it done. It's pretty close. Like, oh boy. I mean, the one thing with trades like this too is you never see legitimate young NHLers traded for the most part in packages like this. You know what I mean? Like it's usually like a Colby Barlow, for example, right? Like it's good. Like it's somebody's first round pick that's yet to make it to the NHL. As as the quote unquote young player in the deal, but like to get a guy that's playing top six minutes his first two years in the league, I don't know if the, the, I don't know if Calgary would be able to find somebody with the um, with the profile and, and and the pedigree that Perfetti has had so far, even with his struggles over the past little while here. It, yeah, that whole oh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to think about that one, Tice. So we might have to make that a, the segment on 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 Friday show because that's that's some juicy stuff right there. I, I wasn't. I was not prepared for that. I thought we were going to be talking like, you know, Sean Walker and like some scrub out of Philadelphia, not we're getting Blake Coleman and his 20 plus goals and Rasmus Anderson and his (laughs) defense. That's, that's crazy. Um, I mean, that, that would definitely be like the all in. And you wonder like, is, if, if that was even possible, like, is that the way to go or could you get maybe, you know, Tanev for that second and then maybe give up like a third or a fourth for a decent winger, but you keep all your 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 big time asset. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder. Yeah. It, it's tough to say which way is the right way. There, I'm still I, I still want Jordan Everly to come to Winnipeg. I, I'm, I'm I'm holding on you to that. He can come you too can, after that. Move. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, I tell you, yeah. Coleman, Everly, Anderson. Maybe the Jets could find a way to get Jake Allen as backup too. Would that do it for you? Signed John Taves. Ah, <laughs> oh, Tyson. Faceoffs, baby. Yeah, sometimes you get into NHLB and GM mode. And it's good, but it just like exhausts me as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's a good I think this is a good spot to end the episode here. Everybody I, I don't even I don't even know what Jets fans are gonna think about your, your Calgary shenanigans there. That's, that, that is interesting, though, I do have to admit. <laughs> I might, I still, yeah, I'm still kind of keeping an eye on Seattle, though, as they kind of semi-slowly fall out of the playoff mix. Lost again, what are we even, too? I mean, I said we we're going to end the episode, but apparently we're not. <laughs> but he, like, just kind of because you got the wheels turning in my head right now. Put your cap on. Put your GM. Well, no, he out. did the whole Anderson Coleman thing, which is insanity, but it's awesome. <laughs> but like, kind of the poor man's version of that, like Adam Larson and Jordan Everly.
1: Oh, I wouldn't mind that either.
0: They both have just one year left, or no? Everly's Everly's a UFA. Larson has an extra year after this year. But I wonder about something like that.
1: Larson, on this, I find Larson one of the more underrated defensemen in the NHL now. What a what a
0: weird career he's had, where it was yeah. like, uh, like number four, jerseys future to laughingstock because of the Hall trade, to quietly just like a really good defenseman, like steady, dependable guy for like almost a decade.
1: Which is not what you would have thought
0: in his yeah. draft year. Yeah, yeah, v- just bizarre. But I, I, I agree. Like I don't. I think, I think any team would do well to have a guy like Larson for a deep playoff run. So I, I, I wonder, and then Seattle kind of goes under the radar. Chevy likes to go under the radar. You, you, you just wonder if there's, there's a fit there between the two sides. Um, yeah. I could get down with that. Let's, let's manifest this Monahan Everly Larson anderson coleman (laughs) all of them somehow all of them at the same time oh we need the deadline day to come soon here by the way as as we wrap up the episode here let us know if you think this is a good idea or not because the deadline's on a friday right yes let us know if you want us to do a live stream for the deadline that will start off with potentially mimosa mornings and then see where that leads us as the day as the day moves along we were thinking about it if you guys are interested let us know and maybe we'll do something and have some fun with it and we could do like a live stream um a live stream skates and blades episode um i mean if tyson's coming out with larson and or sorry if tyson's coming out with anderson and coleman on a on a sober mind imagine what he could do with a couple (laughs) mimosas under his belt we'd be be talking about some crazy deals here galaxy brain galaxy brain you have one of those like Beer hats, but like mimosas in it. Like trade at nine, juice. nine yeah, trade juice, <laughs> eight thirty in the morning. Just like Crosby's coming to Winnipeg, and I don't three team deal. Yeah, if we could just retain a little bit here, and there. So <laughs> let us know if if you want that to be a possibility or not. Maybe we'll see if we can make it happen, and I'll uh, I'll I'll, I'll take a sick day, and um, we'll find a way to make it happen there. Um, but it's gonna be an exciting couple of couple of weeks as we get closer and closer to that point, and we'll see if the Jets make those moves with the division title in mind, or if it's gonna be an unfortunate battle between either Colorado or Dallas in round one. But plenty of time to go between then, and we'll break it all down for you guys as we continue in the days and weeks ahead. Until then, though. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. CJOB's Tyson Rewicki with us once again. We're back at it Friday morning, breaking down Jets wild. Things could get messy. We'll talk about that and any other trade talk around the league when we get back at it to wrap up the work week. Until then, enjoy the next couple of days. We'll talk to you guys Friday morning. Have a great week, and we'll talk then. Peace.